Welcome back to another episode of So Talk to Me. It is our 51st. 51st. So next week will be an entire year. That's pretty crazy. That is K-Razzy. Man, oh man. I'm sure you guys all know about it, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Last week we went ahead and did a, a live episode. That was a lot of fun. It was fun. I, I had a really good time. I don't and think I've, we'll do it super often, but it was fun. No, I, I don't want it to get old. But at the same <laughs> time, I have had two people at work ask when we're going to do it again. Aw. And I was like, oh, man. That's very sweet guys of them. Probably don't even listen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just actually one I know for certain does listen all the time. Ted, you're awesome. Um, not that if you don't listen to this, you're not awesome, but it doesn't matter. I don't have to address people who don't listen to this because they're literally not listening to this. So, uh, yeah. How, how you doing? How you doing this week? Uh, doing all right. Doing all right. Um, tired. Yeah? Yeah. I've just been going to bed too late. Not oh, a good yeah. choice. Yeah. No. Trying to stay up with you and go to bed <laughs> with you, but the thing is, is that you stay up pretty late. Yeah, and our kids wake up at the same time every morning, for the most part, <sighs> depending on what time they go to bed. If we actually oh. get them to bed at a normal time, both of them wake up at the same time. Are you saying like they generally wake up around the same time every day? Hmm. I feel like it fluctuates. Well, we've been, our schedule has been off lately, so yeah. it's been different, but. Gotcha. Okay. Generally. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I'm just like, mm, don't stay up late yeah. anymore. So. And you don't drink coffee. So I don't. Caffeine. Nope. Caffeine is not your thing. It is not. I love the stuff. <laughs> I'll just inject it into my veins. No, I'm just kidding. You I don't do, do that. You, well, not inject it into your veins, but you just bought um, a popcorn popper. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk? I mean, to I was going to. roast beans. Yeah. That was, that was something I was going to talk about. <laughs> Is that going to be your reco? Because it's pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, I don't know. I mean, sure, I'd recommend it, but I don't know. The reasons why. I'll, I'll explain the reasons why. Do you want to get into that now? Do you want me to go start rambling about it? Because it depends I can talk. on how long you're gonna. I can talk. About I, it's it. probably gonna be a while. I'm just saying. Um, but your week has just has been good. Just tiring. Yeah. Well, and and tiring just banks and different because my schedule has been a bit off because um uh, uh I watch. I think I've talked about this before, but I watch my cousin's uh baby girl. Uh, a few times a week mm-hmm. and her schedule was off this week so she brought her instead of tuesday wednesday friday it was tuesday wednesday thursday it was gonna be tuesday and friday or no 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 it was just gonna be tuesday thursday and then like on when or was it tuesday thursday friday it was no gonna move. no 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 it was just gonna be tuesday thursday yeah, no Friday. Um, and so, like, I had a meeting at church that I had to be at on Thursday, um, but I just told them that I couldn't be there because I had Ezra that day when I, or, uh, well, today is Thursday, um, when I usually don't on Thursdays. So, 
Yeah, my schedule's just been thrown off a little bit, but not too bad. But I mean, you're just at home all day, so it's not really much of a schedule. Yeah, I don't do anything. (laughs) I'm just at home. I'm glad you you caught my sarcasm right away, (laughs) because I would not recommend saying that to your wives. Well, it's funny, because like when I asked you earlier today if... um, if we could just pick something up for dinner instead of me making it because I really didn't want to make dinner. Mm-hmm. I thought about it and I was like, like, why don't I feel like making dinner right now? Like, And I realized it's because I literally prepare meals all day long. Mm-hmm. So it's like, <laughs> like I may have only actually cooked dinner a couple times this week, but I prepare meals all day, every day. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. It does make sense why I don't really feel like cooking because I do it multiple times a day. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And I, I gave in this one time. So, <laughs> you'll just have to make it up to me. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what it means either. I'm just... Um. But we had around. Indian food, so Ayo. win-win. Good stuff. All right. But yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's it hasn't been a crazy week. It's been a bit different, but yeah, good. Cool. How about yours? It's uh, it, it seems like it seems like it's Monday, man. This week has gone by so fast to me. Um, really? Because I still have a lot that I need to get done. Because I'm actually, yes, I actually feel like it should be Friday right now. Uh, well, I mean, it will be in a few hours, so <laughs> don't have to worry about that. Or I mean, it is for what? everyone listening on the day that this drops. Time travel. Because um, of course, that's what you guys do, did right? You make as soon as it pops up. and feet. I did. Out of the clay. <laughs> so there's some clay on the table. And while Samantha was talking, I was playing with it and I made legs and feet. Um, a disembodied, it's like someone got cut in half and it's from the waist down. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, and a little bit of the stuff. Anyways, it doesn't it's matter. Random. It's yeah. What is? Yeah. I, I don't even know what to say about that anymore. This, this table is just so random. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff. On there's, <laughs> there's my phone. I have some water. I have some tea. There's, um, a yellow, uh, toy car. Mustang. Mustang, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, first catechism booklet, some metal Spider-Man toys, mm-hmm. some of Josie's clothes, some, a bunch of Josie's some clay. Uh, <laughs> the top so of the bumbo. Yep. Not the bottom. And oh, because the bottom with Bible binder songs. Yeah. Some wipes. Pretty cool. Some baby wipes. So do you guys feel like you're here with us <laughs> right now at our kitchen table? Very random. Uh, yeah. It's I didn't even notice that until just now, just like looking at everything like this. It's is... a very eclectic mix <laughs> of things. Uh, there's even a fidget spinner. Yep. So. Oh, shoot. Can you hear that? I don't know. Uh, what was I talking about? I was talking about... Oh, I've also been writing. Yeah? This week. Nice. Yep. That's I like to, good. Yeah. Exercise like, that muscle. Yeah. Not not like writing in the sense of like 
books or blogs or anything like that. Just just to clarify for the people, I like mm-hmm. to write poems and songs, and I've been writing. Yeah, and I found those those little uh, those little notebooks that I was trying to oh, find nice. a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and I was <laughs> looking through them, and um. I have grown a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Just, uh, some of the songs that I wrote back then or lyrics, whatever. Mm-hmm. Aren't uh, as articulate as the ones that I've written recently. <laughs> Interesting. Well, now I need to read it. That could be like a segment on the podcast. It's pretty embarrassing, like actually. Samantha's song for the week. Story time. And we can just read the lyrics. Mm, yeah. I mean, to be fair, a lot of songs, if you just read the lyrics by themselves, sound pretty stupid. Uh, the, the songs were not made to just read the lyrics by themselves. So, <laughs> uh, Or maybe that, that would just be the entire segment. It doesn't even have to be your songs. Maybe you would just pick a song and read the lyrics top to bottom <laughs> and see how bad it is. Whoa, oh, 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 whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, that's the risers, by the way. No, uh, <laughs> just kidding. Well, see, when I, when I write songs, I write lyrics first. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. May- maybe that's... Yeah, just me as a Cyrus, as a songwriter, and just my preference, honestly, in general, is that I think that lyrics are the most important part of the song, mm-hmm. and so I focus a lot on that aspect. Mm-hmm. What about instrumental music? What about instrumental music? Are the lyrics still the most important part of the song? Well, there's no lyrics in instrumental music. Oh, yeah. That's true. So they're probably not that important then. I mean, they're fine. <laughs> I like them. I'm I'm just, I just mean <laughs> that if, just... If, it, if a song has lyrics, I think they should actually mean something. Yeah, I agree. For the most part, they should mean something. <laughs> if you're going to be singing words, they should probably mean something. <laughs> that, that's a good point. That's a good spot to land in that conversation. I like it. Good stuff. <laughs> you know what else is good stuff is the cup of coffee that I'm drinking. Oh, now you're getting into it. I'm coffee. getting into it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to go for it. Guys, guys, I got myself another uh, nerdy hobby this week. <laughs> um, and it was, well, it was kind of a spur of the moment thing. No, it's something that I had like been looking into and thinking about a little bit. Um, but not really giving it too much consideration before um, I, I pulled the trigger and I was just like, okay, I'm doing this. Let's do this. I'm going for it. Um, I decided decided I decided to start roasting my own coffee beans here at home, which is super cool. Um, found out that you can get green coffee beans, which are, you know, the coffee beans before they're roasted, way, way, way cheaper than whole coffee like roasted coffee beans and roasting is not even very difficult you can do it with a skillet at home if you want to um in my case i decided to buy a popcorn popper like you'd mentioned earlier 
just one of those hot air poppers, you know, and it's like the way that it works is it just kind of shoots the, the, it's got a vent at the bottom and it shoots the hot air through. And so it, it roasts the beans and it moves them all around. So you get kind of a nice even roast, which is pretty cool. Cause you know, with popcorn, obviously the, the kernels are sitting there until they pop and then they're fluffy enough that the air will push them out. Um, but in this case, coffee beans don't pop like popcorn and they do. <laughs> so they don't what? fly out like popcorn, um, which is pretty cool. Anyways, I just started this week and I, I, I bought myself a sampler pack of beans. So seven different pounds of beans from different areas. Like I got some Guatemalan, some Colombian, some Ethiopian, Ugandan, and I don't remember what the other ones were. So a bunch of like crazy different areas. And I started off with the Ethiopian because I've had some Ethiopian coffee before and it was like my favorite. So uh, my first my first batch, my first roasted batch was Ethiopi- Ethiopian coffee beans. And it was like super cheap comparatively. The, the seven pound sampler pack was right under $40 after shipping. So it was like about six bucks a pound. So for really good coffee, that is like crazy cheap. You probably pay three times that much in the stores. So dying. Yeah. So I'm a nerd. <laughs> it's funny because I'm not. I what mean, else I worked. Is new? Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I worked at a coffee shop for like a year and a half. So I like coffee, but I'm not a coffee snob. If but I'll, I'll drink a crappy cup, of, crappy cup of coffee, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Because um, I like caffeine, as I said earlier. But um, yeah, no, it just makes some really good coffee. So yeah, I feel like a nerd roasting, like getting in these beans, roasting them myself, and then putting them through my new hand grinder. It's got nice ceramic burrs, so all of the the coffee grounds are like uniform, which is awesome. Then putting it in my... um my pour over. Yeah, I sound I sound like a sound like a hipster <laughs> hipster millennial. Uh let me just twirl my mustache while I brew myself some <laughs> coffee. Um but I'm enjoying it. It's fun. So yeah, that's been I don't know. I was going to say the highlight of my week. I don't know that I would go that far, but it's just <laughs> been pretty it's been pretty dang cool. How have the coffees been? Have you just done one type so far? Yeah, okay. yeah. So um, because like the whole thing with roasting your own coffee beans is so that you can make it even fresher, you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's best right after it's roasted. Now, now everything that I've read is that after you roast it, you kind of let it sit for a couple days. And after that, then like I don't... I'm, I think it oxidizes. I'm not exactly sure what happens, but basically the beans kind of calm down and then the flavors really come through. Um, I didn't do that immediately. Uh, I, I waited overnight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I waited overnight and then I had my first cup and I was just like, dang, already this is like super. It just, it has so much more flavor. And I don't know for anyone who hasn't had Ethiopian beans before, um, there it's, I, w- I was going to say it's subtle. It's actually not that subtle. It's, yeah, it's got a different flavor, more of like a floral. The, the one that I, not necessarily this this batch, but one of the Ethiopian coffees I've had before tastes a lot like blueberries. 
So it has this more like almost kind of like dark fruit flavor to mm-hmm. it. It's it just it, kind of like a grassy kind of flavor to it. Um, I I will say if I if I can critique my first batch of roasted beans is that I think I roasted them a little too long. Not that they're burnt, just that I like lighter roasted coffees. Mm-hmm. So um, put that put that in the back of my brain for next time when i roast i'm gonna go for a little lighter roast and try that out but yeah they've been really good cups of coffee like maybe i'll actually try one yeah i mean if you want to you probably don't want to right now since it's late no and it'll it'll get you wired but um yeah definitely you can try some it's weird coffee's never actually had that or just caffeine in general has never had that effect on me like it's never made me hyper it's made me like it's made my body kind of like shake yeah jittery yeah it but i've i've never actually but like the jitters like make me really tired Uh (laughs) uh-huh So <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. I, what did I take? I think it was like in high school or something. I took some, well, maybe this is TMI, but I took some Midol. What? Everyone knows what that's for, but it was like caffeinated. Okay. I don't know why. I assume that that's supposed to help. I have no idea. Anyways. I, I've never, I've I never took had to it, deal with that before. So, And I was like just, I, w- I was sitting in class mm-hmm. and just like my body was just like shaking. And I've had some traumatic experiences as a child and used to struggle with uh, panic attacks. So when mm-hmm. I started shaking, it kind of freaked me out because I was like, oh my gosh, am I having a panic attack right now? Or is this like, is this the pill? Like, was it actually my doll? Like, did I take something crazy? Because I, 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 bought, <laughs> I, I got it right because I got, I got it from someone. Yeah. I asked them if they had any and they gave it to me. So I was like, you know, stupid yeah. high school kids, whatever. They have all kinds of pills. <laughs> Maybe they mixed them up. I don't know. Yeah. And so after that, I was just like, okay, I guess this is just what the effect I get from caffeine. So hmm. it's just like, mm, not for me. I don't do caffeine. Interesting. But also like, I don't really like the flavor of coffee. And so whenever I have had coffee in the past, it I've it's been crazy loaded with like sugar and which just makes me sick. So <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that makes sense. So it's just, I've never had a really good experience with co- yeah. coffee or caffeine before. Yeah. Well, it's something that I had to ease into when I started drinking coffee. Funny story. When I got my job at the coffee shop, I didn't drink coffee very often. It was actually after I got the job there that I started drinking coffee because I could, you know, get free coffee yeah. all day <laughs> um, and make myself coffee drinks. So, you know, like different kinds of um, lattes, all kinds of stuff like that. So uh, that's when I started. That's when the addiction started. <laughs> um, 
and then being able to, you know, AB the different types of coffees and, and the different tastes. And now, well, well, no, well, I think I've said it on the podcast, but with, with the pour over, I've been drinking my coffee black before then in general, I usually put cream in coffee or milk in coffee to smooth it out, to make it less bitter. Um, but ever since I started doing the pour over, I've just been drinking it black because flavor is just so good. It's just That's so awesome. dang good. I like it. But yeah, so. Yeah, I'm sure every mom who is listening to this is just like, you don't drink coffee? <laughs> How do you survive? Yeah. Yeah, what about all those... What about all those pictures that moms have where they're holding the cup of coffee, you know, with the Bible open? Oh, or something I thought like you were going to mention a nice... glass of wine. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I guess you could do that. Just switch out like the wine. glass of wine <laughs> with the Bible. But I think that would have the opposite effect. You would like fall asleep while you're reading. <laughs> that is definitely the effect it has on me. So I think, well, no, that's not the case with everyone. But yeah, it does. It does for me, too. For the most part relaxes me fun <laughs> all right well i think that's enough coffee talk <laughs> yeah a bunch of winos um yeah so what 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 do you want to talk about today what's on the docket so talk to me. <laughs> um you're just like breathing into the microphone yeah well i'm i'm just trying to think if there's anything I really want to talk about, anything I deem important enough, anyways. Uh oh. Was there anything you wanted to talk about? Um, I've got something we can talk about. Um, you know how last week when I said that, hey, I'll always just have stuff to talk about that's like the stuff that I'm learning in class. Um, I've got that to talk about. <laughs> just stuff that I've been learning in class. In the Old Testament. Um, so we can we can jump into that now if you want to, or if you want to wait. It it it's probably gonna take a while because it involves reading an entire chapter of the Bible. Oh, well I'm kinda of picking okay. it apart. Then we should probably jump into that. Or we could just not do that at all. <laughs> if you have something that you wanted to talk about. Not really. Nothing. Nothing that I think would be as interesting as the story that you're going to read. Okay. All right. Well, then, here we go. Story time with Mr. Josh, okay? Um, here we go. Now, actually, I say that, you know, like I'm talking to a bunch of children, but actually this is one of the most disturbing stories <laughs> in all of the Bible. At least to me, it is. Mm. Um, I know there are some other ones that are pretty out there, pretty weird. You know, we've talked about a lot. Um, that one always this, gets under my skin, but yeah, this one is, but this one is really gruesome. Yeah. So if you're listening, well, you know what? This is the Bible guys. If you want your kids to listen to it. Um, but if you're listening to this openly, just know, you know, if there are any young children in the room that there are some themes here in this next passage, we're going to talk about that, uh, get pretty heavy and get pretty gruesome. So. Here we go. We're going to be reading Judges chapter 19. Let's see if I can do this. The chapter in, in my Bible, well, I just have the uh, the U version app pulled up that I'm going to be reading from, from the ESV. It entitles the chapter, A Levite and His Concubine. So, here we go. 
Judges what? I'm sorry. Judges, I'm follow along. Awesome. Judges chapter 19. So, um, you know, for, for anyone who, I'm, I'm sure you know. But if you don't know, um, the story of Judges is when in the history of the Israelites, they are being pretty messed up people. And God gives them judges to, uh, like, the governmental system, because it's supposed to be, hey, uh, the, God set down his law, and people are just supposed to follow his law, so it was supposed to be a theocracy, mm-hmm. right? So then stuff just gets bad. People are not worshiping God. Right. And so um, God decides to set up these judges for the Israelite people, so that you'd have kind of this main... Not really a republic, but sort of like a republic where you have these people who um, act, who sit as judges over the people to mm-hmm. kind of rule over them. It's not, it's not like a kingship type thing. Kings come after the judges. Um, but basically, just know that judges um, come at a time in Israelite history where they are just messing up pretty bad, pretty royally. Yeah, they are um, upholding the law. Well, the judges are there to uphold the law. Right, yes. that's what I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just saying the people are not very good at doing that themselves. Right. At this at this point in, in Kings history. Kings don't uphold the law. They rule. Whereas, like, kings have pe- have people who uphold laws. Uh-huh. Um, but judges are there to uphold laws. Like I'm just saying like, yeah. there's a difference between judges and kings. Yes. And then obviously later on down the line when, you know, we're talking about pastors and elders, those are very different than kings and judges. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right. So let's jump in. Judges 19, a Levite and his concubine. In those days when there was no king in Israel, a certain Levite was sojourning in the remote parts of the hill country of Ephraim, who took, a, who took to himself a concubine from Bethlehem in Judah. And his concubine was unfaithful to him, and she went away from him to her father's house at Bethlehem in Judah and was there some four months, four months before her husband got up off his butt. Uh, verse three, then her husband arose, got up off his butt, and went after her to speak kindly to her and bring her back. You know, so he decided four months later, uh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go talk nice to her. Uh, okay, so well, sorry. This is color commentary here. What? I don't know. I mean, she was like, they use the word concubine, so it sounds yeah. like he has other wives. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's not an ideal relationship. Certainly right. not. It is a sexual relationship. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, she <laughs> obviously which... wasn't super important to him. Right. Right. I still more it, like his property. Yeah. And also you think of like who the Levites were amongst the Israelites. Like they're supposed to be the priests. And uh, this dude, more like a Catholic priest. Am I right? Ooh, oh, sorry. Soon. No, too maybe soon. I shouldn't have said that. Uh. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Um, okay, her husband arose, went after her to speak kindly to her and bring her back. He had with him his servant and a couple of donkeys, and she brought him into her father's house. And when the girl's father saw him, he came with joy to meet him, and his father-in-law, the girl's father, made him stay, and he remained with him three days. So they ate and drank and spent the night there. And on the fourth day, they arose early in the morning, and he prepared to go. But the girl's father said to his son-in-law, Strengthen your heart with a morsel of bread, and after that you may go. 
So the two of them sat and ate and drank together. And the girl's father said to the man, Be pleased to spend the night and let your heart be merry. And when the man rose up to go, his father-in-law pressed him till he spent the night there again. And on the fifth day, he arose early in the morning to depart. And the girl's father said, Strengthen your heart and wait until the day declines. So they ate, both of them. And when the mother... Excuse me. And when the man and his concubine and his servant rose up to depart, his father-in-law, the girl's father, said to him, Behold, now the day has waned toward evening. Please spend the night. Behold, the day draws to its close. Lodge here and let your heart be merry. And tomorrow you shall arise early in the morning for your journey and go home. But the man would not spend the night. He rose up and departed and arrived opposite Jabus, that is Jerusalem. He had with him a couple of saddled donkeys, and his concubine was with him. When they were near Jabus, the day was nearly over, and his servant said to his master, Come now, let us turn aside to the city of the Jebusites and spend the night in it. And his master said to them, We will not turn aside into the city of foreigners who do not belong to the people of Israel, but we will pass on to Gibeah. And he said to his young man, Come and let us draw near to one of these places and spend the night at Gibeah or at Ramah. So they passed on and went their way. And the sun went down on them near Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin. And they turned aside there to go in and spend the night at Gibeah. And he went in and sat down in the open square of the city, for no one took them into his house to spend the night. And behold, an old man was coming from his work in the field at evening. The man was from the hill country of Ephraim, and he was sojourning in Gibeah. The men of the place were Benjamites. And he lifted up his eyes and saw the traveler in the open square of the city. And the old man said, Where are you going and where do you come from? And he said to him, We're passing from Bethlehem and Judah to the remote parts of the hill country of Ephraim, from which I come. I went to Bethlehem and Judah, and I'm going to the house of the Lord, but no one has taken me into his house. We have straw and feed for our donkeys with bread and wine for me and your female servant and the young man with your servants. There's no lack of anything. And the old man said, Peace be to you. I will care for all your wants. Only do not spend the night in the square. So he brought him into his house and gave the donkeys feed. And they washed their feet and and ate and drank. As they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, worthless fellows, surrounded the house, beating on the door. And they said to the old man, the master of the house, bring out the man who came into your house that we may know him. And the man, the master of the house, went out and to them and said to them, No, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Since this man has come into my house, do not do this vile thing. Behold, here are my virgin daughter and his concubine. Let me bring them out now. Violate them and do with them what seems good to you. But against this man, do not do this outrageous thing. But the men would not listen to him. So the man seized his concubine and made her go out to them. And they knew her and abused her all night until the morning. And as the dawn began to break, they let her go. And as morning appeared, the, whim- the woman came and fell down at the door of the man's house where her master was until it was light. And her master rose up in the morning, and when he opened the doors of the house and went out to go on his way, behold, there was his concubine lying at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. He said to her, Get up, let us be going. But there was no answer. When he put her on the donkey, and the man rose up and went away, then he put her on the donkey. And the man rose up and went away to his home. And when he entered his house, he took a knife, and taking hold of his concubine, he divided her, limb by limb, into twelve pieces, and sent her throughout all the territory of Israel. And all who saw it said, Such a thing has never happened or been seen from the day that the people of Israel came up out of the land of Egypt until this day. Consider it, take counsel, and speak.
So that's it for episode 51. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So like I said, it's a pretty um, harsh passage. It's a pretty intense chapter of scripture to see how... That's an understatement. Yeah. To see how depraved pretty much everyone in this passage is. Like, there's almost no one innocent here. Except um, for the virgin daughter. Where was that? Oh, oh, the man's daughter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, who didn't end up, who like refused to go out? Or no, 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 actually it was them. It was the people in the square who said that they weren't, she was of no interest to them, uh, which is crazy. Um, so there, there's a lot here. There's a lot to like take a look at and unpack and, and all the different characters here we can look into. Um, but this chapter has always, you know, every time I read it, I just think of the overarching narrative is just like, things are bad. You know what I mean? Like, like what I've commonly gotten from the story is just like, this is how dark of a time in Israel's history that this time was, mm-hmm. right? That That's kind of the main feeling that I've had that I take away from this chapter. Do you have any thoughts as to why you think that this chapter is in the Bible? I mean, I think you made a really good point with just how, I mean, just reading the book of Judges in general, like like you said, God appointed judges because Israel wasn't upholding his laws. Mm-hmm. Um, they were idolatrous and just disobedient and and so I yeah I think that this story is a really good picture of well one just the depravity depravity of man but Mm -hmm. also um yeah just the the reason why God appointed judges over Israel yeah is because things were this bad yeah yeah and honestly reading this story i'm just like wow god is incredibly gracious to have not have wiped us all off the earth no kidding (laughs) yeah no kidding like because you also have to think these were the israelites you know he was talking about the people benjamin he's talking about going to jerusalem in judea or in judah excuse me um so like the, it's not like this is a picture of the Assyrians, you know, mm-hmm. or other barbaric savages, you know, other it's tribes. Everyone. Well, th- th- I mean, this was Israel. This yeah. was God's chosen people. Yeah. And and how like depraved that they were as well. So um, that that's usually kind of the takeaway that I that I get from this story. But taking a look at it in class, you know, one of the things that we've been looking at are the different like types of narrative and the different ways of writing. So there's a lot here, again, that we can take a look at from like whose perspective is this written in, you know, mm-hmm. who, what, basically trying to look at the words and the way that the story is constructed to find out what the author is really trying to say. And one of the things that, the Bible uses a lot um, narratively and 
or excuse me, literarily, is that a word? I don't know. One of the, the literary structures that it uses, and this it, it was used in a lot of ancient um, texts in like ancient poetry as well, is something called a chiasm. Now, I hadn't heard that word before like a couple weeks ago, but it's basically a structure where you have parallel passages at like the beginning and end of a story. So it's almost as if the the narrative of the story makes kind of a V shape, if that makes sense. Hmm. So you have the beginning and the end of the story parallel each other. Hmm. And then the next portion and the next to last portion kind of parallel each other. And then the next portion and the next to last portion parallel each other as well. And then you get to the center and there's no parallel. And that center is really what the passage is trying to, to the, the main point of the passage is mm-hmm. found in the center of the material. Um, and it's really interesting to look at. I mean, the overall story of the Bible does that, right? So the beginning of the Bible is creation of man and man's purpose on earth. The end of the Bible is uh, the consummation of God's people with him in heaven. Mm-hmm. And then as you take that a step further, you know, you go to the fall on the beginning end. And um, in, in, the, in scripture, you see kind of like the redemption or the sanctification of the church mm-hmm. is the next portion of scripture. And it kind of leads up to at the center of scripture is Jesus. Right. You know, and I think as Christians, we we can say all of scripture is about Jesus. Like Jesus is is the entire um, he holds primacy within all of Christianity, Mm -hmm. especially within the scripture. So the scripture uses the same framework as well, um, where kind of the center of everything is the main point of the entire book. So, when we take a look at this story, it brings out some interesting things about the story if you kind of fit it into that framework or if you if you see that in it and believe that that's what the that's what the the author of the story was trying to do as mm-hmm. well. So, if we look at some of the the portions of the story, so you have kind of the the intro, the introduction of the story as well as the at the very end. So, the introduction to the story is there was a man, his concubine left, mm-hmm. right? At the very end of the story, you have, there was a man who sent away parts of his concubine. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't leaving on her own. You know? So they, they parallel each other there. And then the next portion of the story is it, in the beginning of the story, you know, it kind of sets up the fact that she's at her um, father-in-law's yeah. house, right? Well, she's at her father's house. At her, yeah, you're right. <laughs> at her father's <laughs> house. Um, and then at the end of the story, you have, or, or excuse me, yeah, she's at her father's house. And so you see the Levite leaving his house, okay? And then the second to last portion of this um, narrative is where he's leaving Gibeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, those parallel each other as well. And then you have this um, sojourn, this this journey to Bethlehem, and then you have this journey to Gibeah, right? And so the center of this story is actually, and, and if you look at, if you like take a look at how many verses that each each portion of this story has, kind of the center of the story has to do, or the next parallel part, excuse me, before we go there, would be sort of him spending a lot of time at his father-in-law's house. 
and the time spent in Gibeah. Mm-hmm. You know, those parallel each other. But the center of the story is this interesting little portion where um, he's he's talking to his um, his well, what, what do they call him? Yeah, servant. There you go. So he's talking with his servant. And this is really interesting because it doesn't have a parallel within the narrative itself. It's this conversation once he finally, you know, this Levite seems a little lazy waiting a while to to go get his concubine and then like staying with his father-in-law for days and days and days Mm -hmm. (laughs) and losing track of time, which is interesting the way that that parallels the people in Gebeah and and their debauchery, as well as um, the parallel being that he was being wined and dined by his father-in-law. And so you see, I I think that that kind of, shows that both of those were not good situations not that they not that they both had the same things going on just that like this is not a positive thing that he Mm -hmm. was wasting his time being wined and dined anyways the center of this story the center portion is this conversation that he's having with his servant and uh, what i was going to say earlier is that this little conversation, it spends kind of an inordinate amount of time within this conversation. So if we take a look at it, it's in verses, I believe it's 11 through 13. Um, Let's see. So, um, yeah, so he just leaves in verse 10. Uh, He saddled his donkeys, his concubine was with him. When they were near Jabus, the day was nearly over. The servant said to his master, Come now, let us turn aside to the city of the Jebusites and spend the night in it. And his master said to him, We will not turn aside into the city of foreigners who do not belong to the people of Israel, but we will pass on to Gebeah. And he said to his young man, Come and let us draw near to one of these places and spend the night at Gebeah or at Ramah. And so within these three verses, we can also see this same kind of chiastic structure which is really interesting. So it talks about, you know, where they were at the beginning of verse 11, um, what time it was, and how the servant is saying to the master, let's turn aside to this city. And then at the very end, in, in verse 13, um, you see that it is it is the master speaking to the servant and saying, no, let's go to this other area as well. And so well, it kind of shows that he's also racist. So that's the point. That's actually what I'm getting to. Oh, okay. Is that part does not have a parallel. That one line that he says has no... So if if we take the same structure where you see these parallels, but there's this line that the author is trying to really... Like the whole point of the narrative is the center portion that has no parallel. That area or that, that portion within... This narrative is that that within verse 11, where he says, uh, or no, 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 within verse 12, excuse me. Um, so, you know, we will not turn aside to the city of foreigners. So um, that, that does parallel the portion. But the, but the one part that has no parallel, it says, who do not belong to the people of Israel, but we will pass on to Gebeah. So... You see, like you said, the Levite is basically racist, that he doesn't want to stay in an area um, that, an area that with foreigners. That isn't the chosen race. Right, exactly. 
And um, you stop to think about this, and and you know if if you have kind of like a basic overview of the Old Testament, sometimes you can kind of assume that well because God chose Israel, like that's kind of the whole point. You know, Israel's God's chosen people, and so everyone else gets kind of the short shrift. Um, but when you start really looking into the Old Testament from the very beginning, God had always invited other people in. Like he chose Israel, but he chose Israel to be a blessing to the other nations. Mm-hmm. Um, you see even, you know, people like Rahab, who um, who was who had repented of yeah. her people um, and helped there is the an Israelites. There's an entire book dedicated to one specific person. I'm thinking of Ruth. There you go. Interesting that they're both women. Like they were just like, no, we're not going to follow the you know structure of our people. And um, you see just kind of the courage that that took as, as well. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in those two examples, and I believe both of those examples are within the line of Jesus. Yep, yep. directly, <laughs> yeah. Um, which is pretty amazing too. So anyways, I don't mean to get sidetracked, except to say that from the beginning, God was using Israel to draw people to himself, right? That was That was the purpose of Israel. But here you see that this Levite, who's supposed to be a priest among the Israelites, is racist. You see that he um, clearly shows partiality mm-hmm. um, against anyone who is not an Israelite. Right. And the interesting thing about this story is what happens when he goes to the city that he wants to go to. The hor- the like the most horrendous thing ends up happening. It is actually the people of Israel who are way worse than anything that he could have come up against mm-hmm. in any other city. If he would have turned, if he would have listened to his servant and gone somewhere that was not um, among God's chosen people, if stayed the night in a, in another city, but because of his outlook, because of his pride his nationalistic pride mm-hmm. and because um, he looked down because he was doing the exact opposite of what God wanted. Right. <laughs> um, when God said that Israel is to be a blessing to other people because he saw that as, well, no, like we're chosen and they're not. So I need to separate myself away from them and I'm not going to, uh, I'm not, I'm not even going to sleep in their city. Um this entire thing happened. So I I just found this really interesting that um, taking a look at the structure of this entire chapter, you can see what the author's main point was. And this was something that I hadn't really recognized when I had read it before, when I've read the story before. You know, I thought it was just an overall picture of how bad Israel was, which it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's definitely part of the story, but it takes on a different uh, twist to it when you see, oh, yeah, Israel is this bad, and they're not even attempting to, uh, they're so self-centered and so so inward, they're not even attempting to reach out to right. the neighboring countries. They've become racist themselves. Mm-hmm. They've become uh, nationalistic in a way that, to their detriment, and have become this horrible people yeah. because of it. Um, so I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was really eye-opening um, because I, I know this story. You know, I've read this story a handful one, of times. One of the laws, one of the Old Testament laws has to do with sojourners. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, yeah. how you're basically supposed to treat them like family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In their in their time, you know, you you think of what a sojourner was. It's it's not someone necessarily who's going to stay with you, but it I mean it 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 
I think the point of those laws were to 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 be hospitable. Yes, that's the word, hospitable. <laughs> yes. But if exactly. he's like not even willing to interact right with those outside of his mm-hmm. nationality. Yeah. Like Yeah. And you see how how much worse his own people are, you know? It's that um Gosh, I mean, I I hope this isn't like the cliche um, kind of parallel here. But I mean, it's like it's sort of like um, the German Nazis, you know, like they saw themselves as the kind of supreme uh, ubermensch, you know, that they were the race. And so they could exterminate everyone else. And and they kind of brainwashed their own people into believing that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you see him here and he believed that Israel were the chosen people. And he, yeah, he didn't want anything to do with anyone outside of Israel. And because of that, this horrible story plays out where ugh, it just, I mean, I, like I literally just read it. I just, I don't even want to say it, you know, that there were these um, people who came to the door because they saw him enter and wanted to I I don't even know the the words the proper words to say the biblical term was they wanted to they know weren't him. in Sodom but they right. were sodomites it was it was literally the exact I mean yeah as I'm reading it, yeah. it it's almost the exact same story yeah. as with lot and his family that portion anyways yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anyways this this study just brought a new perspective to the story for me that was really, um, really interesting. And then, you know, what coupled kind of with what we talked about last week in how, um, in, you know, the, the being fruitful and multiplying and how that means going out into the world and making disciples mm-hmm. primarily. Um, it just like, there's been a lot on my mind lately of just like yeah. how outward focused, God has always called his people to be. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like it's always, it's not just about you. It's about you being a blessing. Like God blesses us to be a blessing to others. So yeah, there's my spiel. We did Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I I don't know. I just had a thought and I could be totally wrong, Mm -hmm. but I feel like, you know, how Israel is the chosen race. And obviously, it's not a complete like allegory, um, but like, it, but throughout Scripture, he's grafting others in. Yeah, you know the Gentiles and whatnot, all these other people. Um, so to me, it seems like, you know, Jesus is God's son, like His mm-hmm. chosen one, basically. Yeah, but all the rest of us are grafted in through adoption. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just had that thought. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and you see, like, I think as Christians, we have the strongest view of adoption because, um, because we can say like, there is no lesser, like adoption is not any, uh, the correlation between adoption and biological children, like there is no difference mm-hmm. because we are all like adopted children of God. Jesus was the only begotten son. Right. Um, whereas we are all adopted into the fold. So yeah, definitely. Super cool. 
I like it. I like the Bible. Me too. Even the ugh, gruesome parts of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it gets pretty crazy. Um, I think especially in the Old Testament, you see stuff like this. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So there you go. One of the most <laughs> disgusting stories in all of the Old Testament. Um, and now that we have completely exhausted everything that that chapter has to say. <laughs> no. <laughs> not even a little bit. Um, yeah. So is there anything else that you wanted Eesh. to talk about? In light of Gosh. that story? it's in, Well, I think you could go down so many different trails with that story. Yeah. There are so many pieces of it that just, yeah, I, I just don't even know where to begin. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, like you mentioned with just the guy's total like apathy, like yeah, not even caring about his wife obviously he was a polygamist um gosh just like i don't know maybe i shouldn't read this into the scripture it didn't say that he was getting drunk but that's sort of how i felt during the story it was like he was getting married and and lost staying. track of time yeah. multiple times yeah so yeah. i'm like okay it seems like this guy is like getting drunk yeah so so if you notice um it, when it talks about their him journeying to other places him going on on his journeys um every other time except for then he wakes up early in the morning and goes to the journey mm -hmm. um if you think about it in terms of kind of like that those days you would want to get up early so that you would be journeying mm -hmm. during the day because it's just safer. But if you notice, at that point, he had stayed so many days that when he finally decided to leave, it was already afternoon. It was already evening. Yeah. So he had put himself and his concubine and his servant in that position mm -hmm. already to where, because earlier he didn't have to stay anywhere during the trip. He just went from his house to uh, Jerusalem, right? No, 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 to Bethlehem. Uh, to his father-in-law's house. Mm -hmm. So he could have just made the day's journey back. Yeah. But because he was lazy and wouldn't get off his butt, lost track of time, he left in the middle of the day forcing them to stay somewhere. Well, I'm also just like, what was the father-in-law's deal? Like he was basically, I don't know, it seemed like he was being really manipulative and making yeah. him stay. I'm like, why did you just like not want your daughter to leave? Was that it? Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't get it. Like, what was his deal? Right. Because it wasn't like he, it's, yeah, it's weird, right? Because they don't give us all the details. It just says that the concubine leaves him and he doesn't get up and search well, for her for four months. Well, it said that she was months. unfaithful. Okay. Right. Right. Meaning that she just wasn't living under his house. Okay, right. I wasn't really Doesn't sure what that meant. Does mean, that just mean that she just like abandoned him and was unfaithful in that sense and just left? Like, that's what I'm assuming. Okay. It meant, but I don't know. I don't read Hebrew. <laughs> so maybe I should do a little study on that to see what that means in context. Yeah, no, that's a good point. 
Um, but it is weird because then when he gets to his father-in-law's house, they're buddy-buddy. Yeah. You know? Like, it seems like there would be some sort of weirdness between them because, like... She abandoned, she abandoned him. him. It took like, him so long to finally decide. a reason. Yeah. Like... Because, again... The, the the place between his house and his father-in-law's house was less than a day's journey. Mm-hmm. It's not like he couldn't have done that, you know, 30 times four is what, 120? 120 times before. Mm-hmm. He had chances to make that journey. Um, but he waited four months to do it. So, so yeah, it is really, and, and the father-in-law didn't care. He just kind of chilled with him and got drunk and hung out with him for five days. Uh, I guess he just really wanted a drinking buddy at the cost of his daughter. Anyways, weird. Weirdness, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's just another picture of just the depravity. Yeah. And gosh, it's just so, it's so sad how, I mean, obviously, if you look at, if you look at the creation story, like when God created male and female, he created them equal in value and worth. Obviously, they didn't have the same roles. But, like, you just see the depravity, like, throughout time. Like, women just become property. Yeah. Yeah. And that obviously was not how God intended it whatsoever. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just so despicable. Yeah. How they were treated. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I think I think that's partly why God used some very certain women mm-hmm. throughout scripture to really bring out like how he sees women yeah. and how he loves them. Even though, like, even in such a harsh society. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) well, I'm just going to say it, okay? I don't don't even have to to preface it. But, you know, like, the whole idea of the patriarchy nowadays, you know, Mm -hmm. down with the patriarchy. Like, this was actual oppression towards women. This was a patriarchal society. Yeah. Um, at its worst <laughs> right right and it's in its yeah controlling sense um yeah i mean i guess i don't even ne- necessarily disagree with a patriarchal society in a certain way of saying that you know like patriarchal as in like father is the head of the ho- household right pater meaning father uh so i don't disagree with that but this was the um oh what's the word misogynist that's the word oh, okay. yes <laughs> Yes, this is the misogynist. Um, th- like this is the, this is actual misogyny. Yeah, where it's yeah. like where yeah, women are treated as property because you see, like even and get Gebea, the guy, the old guy invited him into his house, and instead of like he offered to bargain with the people knocking down his door by offering his daughters, like. Like, just lock the freaking door. That breaks my... Well, I mean, it's a different society. <laughs> I don't know how well their locks worked. Like, I get I get that it they could have been in dire straits at that moment. But still, as a father, 
you don't use your daughters as freaking bargaining chips. No, nope, I'm you getting out my them. pitchfork, whatever that I have. That is the last, right. <laughs> the last thing that you want is for your daughters to be violated. Like, that is the absolute, like, you're bleeding on the floor, unable to move. Mm-hmm. Um, like, ah, you're, it's a complete role reversal mm-hmm. in the father where you're supposed to protect. Instead, he used them to protect another man. Mm-hmm. So it just like that gets my blood boiling too. Again, you just see everything wrong <laughs> with yes. this story, with the characters in this story. Um, but yeah, definitely there's this element of misogyny here um, all throughout it because there are no, there are no, all of the female characters in this story are being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then you see like, at the end of the story, the Levite's answer is like, look at what they did to my concubine. Like, he doesn't even acknowledge his own fault in the story. He's just like, look at these Benjamites, how they how they did this. Like, it just, it's all so jacked up. So. <laughs> it reminds me of, so this is like a complete, turn (laughs) that's okay that's okay (laughs) but i uh maybe it was i think it was yesterday i was listening to one of my spotify playlists Mm -hmm. um that has a bunch of emo music on it anyways has a bunch of reliant k on it too and um maybe it's maybelline Uh uh-huh that song came on came on where it just it's just talking about basically how like we try to blame everyone else except ourselves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that just reminded me of that song. Yeah. Yep. A Levite and his porcupine. That sounds like a children's book. <laughs> yes, it does. But this is definitely not a children's book. But I think that's going to be the title of the episode, just for fun. No, because that, I don't know. That's like... Lulling people into a false sense of security. Well, no, I I just feel like it, it's kind of undermining the importance of the story. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay. Anyway. Well, then I guess I'll think of something else. <laughs> uh, cool, cool. You can come up with something. I believe in you. <laughs> All right. So that's Judges nineteen, guys. Um, if you have any thoughts about Judges nineteen. You can tweet them out on Twitter because nothing that you say about this chapter is going to be as vile as most of Twitter nowadays. Um, Our handle on Twitter, or yeah, it's handle, is at so underscore talk to me. Or you can email us at so talk to me podcast at gmail.com. What? Did you have any other topics of conversation that you wanted to go through? I was. I thought you were going to ask for recommendations. That's so the next thing. <laughs> I just wanted to see if there was anything else. Because I didn't necessarily want to just cut you off if you had something you wanted to talk about. Nah. I'm good. Okay. Cool. Well, then we roll on we to recommendations. for a while. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's been good. It's been weird. Records. It's, weird. it's good. Yeah. Any recommendations? Oh, man. I feel like I had one and now I Uh-oh. lost it. Uh-oh, it's gone. It. 
It's like a sneeze. Thought it was coming on, but nope. Went away. God bless you. Oh, I started, um, I was going to say reading, but I'm not really reading it. I'm listening to it on Hoopla. Um, ah, what is the name of it? I'm going to have to look it up real quick. It is one of Rosaria Champagne Butterfield's books. Uh, Openness Unhindered. There you go. It's uh, sort of the sequel to her Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I just love her. Yeah. I just love her so much. She's yeah. such a good writer. Mm. Like, just keeps me engaged. Yeah. And she has such an incredible story that I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is so crazy and so awesome. And I want to be like her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's convicting man oh yeah definitely good stuff all right openness unhindered um i'm gonna give a mostly a recommendation okay um is that i've been watching a lot of youtube videos by a guy that and it's funny i find that i end up recommending things that nate recommended to me so <laughs> shout out nate you're awesome um so this is a YouTube channel. Pennsylvania Nate. There you go. Uh, his name on YouTube, uh, he goes by A.D. Ro- Robles. Robles, I believe is how he's pronounced it in his videos. Um, and he he kind of just sort of replies to a bunch of stuff that's going on. Like he, he'll take videos and kind of pick apart um, stuff that's going on in the Christian uh, reformed world, I guess. Most, of, yeah, mostly but, reformed um, world, yeah. But he's tackling a lot of like social justice issues with a lot of his videos and how he sees like the Bible applying to those um, to those issues mm-hmm. and how um, the biblical justice is different than what often people talk about um, nowadays as being social justice. Right. So I find that that his videos is, have been very helpful in kind of unpacking the ideas that I've heard or the problems that I've heard lots of people talk about. So, so things like cultural Marxism, he, after watching a bunch of his videos and him talking about it, I think I actually have a grasp on what that means. Ooh, <laughs> Cause I, we'll further just, conversation. Yeah, there you go. We can, t- we can talk about that. <laughs> um, and make a bunch of people mad. Right. Well, that's the thing is like, I hear that that phrase thrown out a lot. I just didn't necessarily know the concrete, like what what is the correlation between Marxism? Like what is critical race theory really? How does that apply? Like, like what are the, what is the opposing way of looking at things? So I, I think he is able to explain his view of the scripture really well and how it, it, is in opposition to things like like Marxism and socialism and the role of government and mm. what what biblically that looks like. Um, so so I think he's very good at explaining it. I don't agree with everything that he says, um, but I'd say most of what he says I do agree with. Um, sometimes he can be a little harsh, 
So that's that's why I say like this is a mostly recommendation because I've enjoyed listening to him even if I don't necessarily agree with everything because I think he explains himself pretty well for the most part um, when he's not just like straight up mocking people because <laughs> he does that sometimes. Um, We're not all perfect. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and sometimes it's just humorous. Um, but yeah, other times I'm just like, okay, going a little too far, you know, like stopping every other word to kind of pick apart that thing. And it's like, well, let them talk first. And anyways, doesn't matter just to say that, um, yeah, I recommend him and he'll make you think 80. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that he's also pretty fair. Yeah. Because when he does pick apart like certain lectures or sermons or whatever. Um, he will, he will give credit to where credit is due. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But where he disagrees, he definitely, yeah, picks apart and explains biblically why he disagrees. Right. Yeah. There have only been a couple times where I feel like he hadn't explained himself very well or very thoroughly and just kind of dis- dismisses things that I've kind of like, that I've kind of been like, uh, well, I wish he would have given more of an explanation there. Mm-hmm. And then a couple times where, um, you should comment and be like, can you explain this more? That's true. That's true. Maybe I should actually do that. Cause I'm sure he would. He doesn't have that many, uh, su- subscribers. Yeah. That's what they're called. <laughs> at least as of right now. Um, I know it's growing, which is awesome. Support is good um but yeah sometimes it's just that um especially like when taking a look at when studying the old testament one of the things that we talk about all the time in class is context and so if you don't is key so so you have to kind of know like the surrounding passages and that's why when we started reading in judges today i kind of wanted to give just a basic overview of where judges is within the history of israel Mm -hmm. Um, just so you get that context of what yeah. of what the passage is, um, and, and sometimes I feel like because he's stopping every other sentence, it's like, well, well, let's see where they're going with this sentence, like where the sentence plays out in their entire argument, instead of just like picking it apart immediately. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's sometimes that gets a little annoying. But anyways, I feel like I've talked about him for ten minutes. Now. <laughs> Sorry, I re- I I would recommend. Good stuff. Coolio. Yeah. Coolio, that guy. <laughs> you know, you sent me that gif the other day of Coolio. <laughs> I didn't even know who he was. It's a gif of like his his little two ponytails like moving. It was it was weird, guys. <laughs> I, and so I braids. get this gif. It's just a dude with braided like ponytail. Ponytails. Pigtails. Pigtails yeah. like moving around and i'm like what the heck is this you just sent me something really weird and then i showed it i showed it to my friend he was like oh yeah coolio and i was like oh (laughs) she just said coolio (laughs) there you go yep anytime i'm in a conversation online or in text where my answer would be coolio i always send a picture of coolio there you go I would do it in a face-to-face conversation too if I could because I think it's really funny. Just have a go-to GIF on your phone. You can show people (laughs) whenever you're talking. (laughs) Awesome. 
All right. Well, till next time, till our one year anniversary of So Talk to Me. Aw. Our one is year us. anniversary. Yeah. Happy anniversary next week. Yay. I guess we'll finally eat that cake that's in the freezer that we made when we started the podcast. Sorry, that was a lame joke. Okay, go talk we to your spouse. We didn't even Bye. do that on our actual first anniversary. Yeah, that's kind of weird, isn't it's it? A, it's a gross tradition. It's Why strange. would you do that? Why would you eat a year-old frozen Like, cake? what does that even mean? I don't even know. It means after gross. a year, your love has grown cold, and so has this cake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I don't know what it means. Bye. Peace out. Peace out.